Welcome to the inaugural episode of We Know It's Fake, the only wrestling podcast not hosted by Conrad Thompson. <laughs> Roll tide on that. Roll tide. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and my future father-in-law, Ric Flair, is not here. Um, Woo! <laughs> uh, my name is Max. I am a wrestling fan. I've been a wrestling fan since I was about 10 years old. And I am joined by my co-host, former GWF announcer, Craig Johnson. Yes, he still is alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> you were mentioning... People have been going, what happened to that guy? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm still alive. I've done one show since leaving Global, and that was in Texas. <laughs> oh, for who? Uh, the IHWE, they did a Terry Gordy appreciation show oh. uh, for and had a battle royal for the uh, Terry Gordy Memorial Cup that was presented by his wife. Uh, and that was down in Dallas, Texas, oh, I want to say about six years ago. David Fuller, who's a great promoter down there, uh, puts on some great cards. And he was, uh, he was nice enough to invite me back and actually got a welcome back chant from the crowd, which oh, really surprised nice. me. That's great. By the way, I Googled you before we did the show. And, uh, you oh, were, God. You were tweeted about about five years ago. Uh, there's there's a Twitter account called Meltzer in the 90s that just retweets old uh, things from Wrestling Observer. And uh, it's the announcement that you're leaving wrestling to go uh, announce for lacrosse. So, yep. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 was the, that was the work. Uh, well, I did go leave uh, wrestling to announce lacrosse for Prime Network Indoor Lacrosse. Right. Uh, but uh, the fact was the uh, promotion ran out of money. Right. <laughs> just like Global. So. Uh, yes. <laughs> and our guest this week is Danny from the Last God Standing podcast. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. So glad you're with us because you host a podcast about mythology and wrestling is its own kind of mythology. It is. And, and we make the gods battle it out for uh, a standing at the end. So. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun show. I like it a lot. Thank you. Um, and uh, so I guess before we get started on this week's episode, which is Beach Blast 92. Beach uh, Blast 92. Oh, my God. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to ask, do you have uh, any, have you ever watched wrestling before? Any uh, history with wrestling? I watched wrestling, and I'm aging myself. I watched wrestling when Hulk Hogan was popular and he had the cart like the cartoon with the junkyard dog the chic all of those okay. guys so okay. yeah yeah and all i right, did so recognize two people on here so. awesome hey. <laughs> awesome um okay so yes like i said beach blast 92 uh it was the first pay-per-view of bill Bo bill watts's reign in wcw we'll get hook him up hook him up <sighs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, oh, oh, oh th this this was an era I knew all too well. No, I'm sure. Um, and uh, it's 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 an interesting show. There are two matches that are considered among the best WCW ever put on in the same show, so that's kind of cool. Um, but then, but there then. were also things that <laughs> made oh, people go, God, yeah. what in the hell? 
like a bikini <laughs> competition with an evening gown competition inside. I, yes. I have thoughts on that too. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. I was going to say Buff Bagwell versus Greg Valentine, which is just a disaster. Oh my but, god! I ha- oh yeah, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> There's so much happening here. <laughs> but we start with possibly the most 1992 thing I've ever seen, which is a little animated intro of a wave turning into a muscle, um, which is pretty great. Um, we are at the Mobile Civic Center in Mobile, Alabama, and a crowd drew uh, about 5,000 paid. Mobile, Alabama, home of one Percival Pringle the third who went on to become Paul Bear Welcome! Ooh, my undertaker. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Listen, my first thought after the intro was that was quite a shirt that Eric was wearing. I Oh my <laughs> God, yes. <laughs> Does, and there was, Does Tony look like he's about 12 years old? Yes, he does. And Eric looks either like two years later Eric would look either 10 years older or 10 years younger. I'm there not sure. There was a lot of man makeup happening there. Yeah. He yeah. Bishop looked like he tanned in an oven. Yeah, <laughs> it's, they're really, they're both really off-putting. <laughs> yeah, um, they looked a little not real. Now, yeah. Now, I actually, now, this is where, this is where we're going to get deep into the woods here. I actually know Maxie Spizak, who did a lot of the makeup for WCW. She was a makeup artist uh, also for CNN, but she would do some stuff for WCW along with Janie, who was one of the... uh, one of the secretaries who would also work with makeup. But, oh, my Lord, it looked like everybody, uh, and don't we'll, we'll talk about Johnny B. Bad in a little bit, oh, but it looked like everybody had gone to a tanning booth and had gone into overdrive. Oh, my God, yes. You know what my first thought was? Okay, it was filmed in the 90s, and, and they didn't have the high definition, and maybe it looked better then on on different screens? Maybe. Not really. <laughs> The only other okay. thing I came away with that was I, I wrote down fanny pack because the guy... Yes, because they bring up Bill Watts, who is not dressed as a cowboy. He is dressed as, as a guy who just yelled at Dustin Reynolds in the locker room. He's wearing Zubaz and a fanny pack. It's amazing. I was now, like, oh my God, fanny pack. Now, if you hadn't bought this pay-per-view before, and this first part of the show was a, uh, was a commercial to keep you tuned into the show... By the fourth rule that Bill Watts would get through between the no top rope. Oh, my uh, God, yes. And uh, did you keep count of how many times it's a concrete floor? There are no pads in WCW. That's the rule. And just this entire era was so full of these Watts rules. And those of us who would be up in the stands during the center stage tapings, which would include myself, Scott Hudson, Stephen DeTruth uh, from Global Days, and about five of We're like, how much boring can you possibly make this show and try to have people watch it? He spends so much time putting over the light heavyweight championship. Which, which used to be the junior heavyweight championship, right. which I'm surprised we didn't go into Denny, uh, whatever his name was, from Oklahoma, who, who held it for so long. Uh, I almost said Denny Crane, but that would be Boston legal. And the thing is, he keeps setting up things that I think that are going to happen that don't happen. Like, he talks Mm -hmm. about how uh, 
Pauly and Medusa are banned from ringside during the Iron Man match. So, as a wrestling fan, I'm conditioned to think, okay, that means they're going to run in. No, right. they don't. Yeah. No, I was I was disappointed in that. I was yeah. Medusa <laughs> was too busy yeah. getting into her evening gown. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm... <laughs> There, the, I wrote so much neon. Yes. Jesse the body, I know him. That's what I wrote. Oh, he was one and, of the guys. And the lady's hair, dear God. Oh, dear God. Now, I have to admit, I loved 80s and 90s hair, and that's because those were my, my college days and my original adulting days. Right. And, it, and I still like disco, so that tells you a little bit about me. Uh, but it's uh, when Ross and Ventura get on that. First of all, Ventura is walking out of a stripper convention. Oh my God! <laughs> which and, and I'll just say, when it comes to when it comes to um, bathing suits and bikinis, I don't know what it is. But it seemed like they were a lot better made in the 80s and 90s than they are today. Much more supportive, I guess. Yeah. Because now it's it's like, okay. But it's like, what was it about the 80s and 90s that always had the, <laughs> these bikinis that looked like they were painted on people? Because they were. It, because they were. <laughs> uh, one, of, one of the girls uh, accompanying Jesse clearly has implants. Oh, uh, one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was her name? Misty had some... Uh... <laughs> um, oh, Misty's had many implants. We'll get into Missy that later. Misty's had a lot of work done over the years, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I also um, have a question about Jesse's shirt. Was he wearing one of those hyper-color ones that when you get hot, changed been. color? May because it been. seemed like may it had been. weird spots yeah. on it halfway through. <laughs> The, the, other, uh, the other thing that I notice about Jesse the Body Ventura in this particular pay-per-view is obviously he was uh, taking advantage of one of the WCW uh, sponsors at that time, and that would be Just for Men, Just for Men, because there's no play for Mr. Gray. Right. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> He's also... Uh, he actually he brought up the shirt thing though when he sits down with JR the first thing he says is that's how you dress at the beach you look like a tourist yeah he was he was brutal during this whole thing yeah. like his I wrote down some of his comments and I was like whoa Jesse Comet like <laughs> <laughs> alright so that brings us to our first match which is Scotty Flamingo let, 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 let me, let's go back a little bit Mac, Max okay. first they brought up the bikini contest. Right. Now, let's, let's, let's go through this bikini contest. The bikini contest will have three situations. Yes. <laughs> Jim Ross brought up. It's going to be three situations. Situations. You have to spend money to vote on it because 900 numbers, although people don't really know about them now. 900 numbers were numbers that wrestling companies would have, sex workers would have, um, gambling people would have to call. And the longer you keep people on the line, the more money you'd have to spend. And we're talking like a dollar, maybe two dollars a minute. Right, right. So in order to vote for this contest, you had to call this 900 number. Yeah. And it was either Missy or Medusa. So... You, they're going to be hyping this up because they want to make money for the 900 number. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. We'll talk and about they didn't it as tell it, you as it continues either. on. But it's like, <laughs> really, dudes? Yeah. yeah. I was laughing. Um, 
So okay. now let's get to the so, first yeah. match, Max. The first match. Sorry, it's Scotty Flamingo, who I'm surprised by by June of '92 was not Raven yet because the grunge movement was very much happening in June of '92. Well, he looked um, like Ricky, Ricky, Rico Suave. Rico Suave. <laughs> and the <laughs> interesting part about this, this, this uh, was Scotty's first pay-per-view match after working with me at the Global Wrestling Federation, oh, which right. was the yeah. Scotty the Body. Um, uh, and we called him the Palm Beach Head Throb because he gave us all <laughs> headaches. Uh, Scotty had the greatest gimmick in the fact that he had used this particular gimmick in... in uh, in Portland and, and Memphis and some of the other places he'd been in, Scotty was actually a color commentator at age 22 in Portland mm -hmm. with Don Koss uh, back in Portland wrestling. And he just had a, an amazing gift of gab. And yeah. this personality, it's hard to imagine Scotty as Raven now because... I knew the bubbly Scotty, Scotty the body routine. And right. he was just, it was just amazing how he turned himself from this one Scotty, uh, Scotty the body, Scotty Flamingo, Johnny Polo, which he eventually did uh, yeah. out of this one when he signed with the WWF. But you take a good looking guy like that and suddenly he becomes Raven. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like I, I said, don't... I'm just. I'm I'm surprised he wasn't Raven yet. Um, I guess I just thought Raven happened concurrently with the culture. Um, but no, I guess wrestling still had a lag period where they didn't know what was cool yet. Um, um, and he is fighting Flying Brian. Not Flying Brian. Had to. Uh, I got, and you're going to get my Van Earl rights through this entire thing. Nice. <laughs> Do you want to know my favorite part about that whole wrestling match was? What's that? I'm going to tell you. No. It was when uh, Flying Brian pants Scotty Flamingo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed at his tan line. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Scotty. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple... Uh, they do the old school thing with like there's you know there's a time limit draw They're, they they actually build up the, the wrestler's weight the weight is on the screen um, by the way uh, I wrote down here uh, Craig do you think the crowd was sweetened uh, it se sure seemed like it because yeah. that the, yeah the, the, those fans like if you go back and look at this show yeah. Usually, now, now think about the pains that WWE goes to having really energetic fans in the front row. Oh my God, yes. Go There's about old lady eight, in the front row. Oh. The old lady in the front row. I wrote down about her. She sat there with her legs crossed <laughs> like she was at church, her and her husband. <laughs> I loved her because she kept getting into it, though. Yeah. Yeah. But she was adorable. She was like cross yeah. her legs and put her hands on her lap. Like, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> like a proper southern lady. But then every once in a while, like a heel would cheat or something. And she'd stand up and like wag her, her finger yes! at them. <laughs> um, she was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. The, the, cool, the cool thing about this match, and uh, I'd love to hear other opinions on this too. Mm -hmm. But the cool things about this match is the fact that 
you know, Scotty was still relative, relatively green for that, for the day. Green being a topic, a, a, a term we use in wrestling for still, still learning the business. And Brian Pillman hadn't been in the business that long at that point, and the right. two of them had an amazingly good technical match for back oh, yeah, in great. the Watts era, where it was a lot of holds and counter holds. And if you see the first part, you know, for an opener, you always want to have an energetic opener, and these two guys actually delivered on that. Yeah, I, I actually... I, I... Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I actually wrote that down. Brian works Scotty's arm forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wrote down that I liked the bridge move Yeah. Um, that he did to keep from getting pinned. And um, I liked the crucifix move. Yeah, that's a, that was a cool move. He was really yeah. good at that. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't understand the slapping. <laughs> I don't remember. I have a question because I don't. I, and it's, listen, it's been a long time since I watched this. Mm-hmm. But d- are they adding the slapping sounds? No, no, those, so chop, those chops, really when they hit the chest, do that. No, in the face. There's every, moment, oh. almost all these matches had some face slapping, which I thought was weird, but you could clearly hear the slap. Are they hitting them that hard? They're stomping at the same time. Yeah, but it's a slap sound. Yeah, I, I can see what you're talking about. The uh, WCW at this time didn't have the microphones like world class did and when world class you'd hear a slap or a punch or anything like that it was it was very much because they worked pretty stiff back then i don't see scotty and and uh, and flying brian working stiff but slaps can go a lot farther than than uh than punches as far as sound is concerned uh, some of it has to do with the fact that uh, a lot of them will cup their hand when they do it uh, to take the impact away from it, but make it a little, little sound a little better. It was impressive. Yeah. Danny, I'm <laughs> glad you're impressed. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so Scotty me. Flamingo wins this one. He is the new light heavyweight champion. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't happy with that. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was invested in it. <laughs> but I was, and I wrote down, didn't like the win. <laughs> <laughs> because the bad guy won. You're not I, supposed to. Wrestling maybe, is doing its job. Yeah, it's true. And I think yeah. at one point he sits on Flying Brian. Mm-hmm. Like, he just sat on him. And I was like, is, yeah. is this a move? <laughs> <laughs> well, before before we get to the finish... Especially, and and I don't think you've watched many recent AEW pay-per-views, Danny, but there was a move that Cody uh, did where he jumped over the top rope against, uh, I think it was uh, Santana and Ortiz, and he landed with his face right on the ramp and actually caused a pretty bad gash. Yeah, if you looked at yeah. Brian's dive, it was almost the exact same dive, except the stage was higher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that face plant was like, oh my god, how did he not plant his his oh, face? Oh, there was that a lot right of there. time. Yeah, there was a lot of times I was like, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> but if if you think about that stage and the yeah. way the ramp goes, and this was the way it was for all the WCW shows, you can't be chasing anybody around the ring because there's this. Big ass stage wow. right there, yeah. <laughs> nice. and it, it, I, I see where where people can use it a lot, but to me, that just took so much out of it sometimes. 
Yeah, it really did. Um, okay. We then cut to Johnny B. Bad. What? Um, what in the? What was going on with that? Well, Danny, I can I can help you with this. Johnny B. Bad, real name Mark Marrow, was brought in to be a little Richard type character. But you despite know, despite the fact that, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, because I think you might be answering my question. Despite the fact s- that he was he was white, number one. Right. Yes. Number two, oh, apparently could get very tan, or they came very close to using Black brown face. makeup on him, one of the two. His face was not the same color as his body. No. <laughs> and and he would actually go on to become even more famous, because he is the hu- he was the husband of Sable, who oh. at this point wasn't any part of the wrestling business whatsoever. Wow. Wow, that was yeah. Uh, was his mustache painted on? No. No. Okay, I thought nope. it was eyeliner. Uh, um, but no, John, I was going to say, call uh, Johnny B. Bad, despite the fact that Johnny B. Good is not a Little Richard song. Yes. Right. Um, I felt like sometimes he was also trying to impersonate um, Eddie Murphy <laughs> in Coming to America. Like I didn't know what he was. I, I couldn't. See that. He had Muhammad Ali, Little yeah. Richard, Richard Simmons, any other guys yeah. named Richard. <laughs> he just, but at oh, the same and... time, I couldn't tear my eyes away from him. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse just just flat out says, "Does he even like girls?" He said um, it numerous times. I know. Jesse wasn't um, known for his tact with homophobic no. comments. I'm just saying. No. Um, yeah, we can talk about those. Uh, it, what was it? A an evening gown. So exactly. no, why why is Medusa dressed like a bride? It, yeah, uh, that's an evening I, gown. <laughs> but why did Missy have like grandma heels on? Like she had. Well, this like this, low. I thought they were gonna wrestle when she came out in those little tiny heels. I thought they were gonna fight, and that's why she had them on. Well, these were my notes, Danny and and Max, and and you'll like this. It's not blackface, but it's close. Wait, it's a bikini contest that has an evening gown and a bathing suit competition? (laughs) I know. Missy versus Medusa cuts to a beach tent in the middle where you're just seeing the outside of a beach tent for a good 10 seconds. WTF. Medusa in a wedding dress? What WTF? I said this is fart in church bad. <laughs> I did compliment her bitch face. Oh, uh, Medusa's bitch face is amazing. Yeah, and her black roses. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, my Which she throws to the crowd. I love that. <laughs> my personal connection to this, and Danny, you'll 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 find this to be quite interesting. I have actually had dinner with both of those ladies. Nice. Missy Hyatt took me out for my 30th birthday. And uh, and we, we became friends because I was working at CNN at the time. And she loved getting old hockey media guides because she was really into hockey players at the time. Rod Brindamore was the apple of her eye. Medusa, actually, uh, when she was uh, going out with Eddie Gilbert, um, and when Eddie was booking uh, Global, uh, Medusa and Eddie actually would come over to my house and have dinner. Medusa is an amazingly kind woman. 
just so very sweet. And Missy, when she's not being all airheaded, is a very sweet person as well. They had Missy as the baby face in this particular one, Medusa as the heel, but that's just because Medusa came off as, as the really tough chick because Medusa was legit a very badass person. Missy was yeah, doesn't Missy. She drive, uh, doesn't Medusa drive a monster truck now? Medusa drives monster trucks now, yeah. and, and she... That makes uh, me love her. Yeah, she, <laughs> she was pretty amazing. If you looked at her old AWA work, she was actually not that bad of a worker at all. Back in the days when women were an attraction, she and Sensational right. Sherry would have a very <laughs> long feud in the AWA. And Missy had many different, uh, different uh, personas as she went through uh, from when she was dating John Tatum, which is when I first met her, to uh, when she would uh, be, she was probably dating Greg Valentine at the time, which is why Greg Valentine was on that show. Oh, okay. And then she would end up with uh, end up with Eddie Gilbert and uh -huh. um, and many other people. <laughs> and that's putting it nicely. But uh, do you all know what Missy might be doing now? No. Now what? Missy does Civil War reenactments. That That's is awesome. her full-time uh, avocation right now. She does Civil War reenactments. She lives down, I think, in the Carolinas or something. And that is absolutely what she loves to do. I think she probably still has some different social media accounts where, where uh, she uh, shows off her assets. But, um, yeah, she, she does Civil War reenactments and i've always found that rather interesting for somebody who comes off as such a total airhead because she's really accurate with what she does in in the reenactments that she's a part of that's fantastic see the that's things awesome. that you didn't realize you'd get out of this podcast by having me on <laughs> i will be honest i did not google anybody going into this it was very tempting, but I did not do it. <laughs> okay, we then throw to Tony and Eric, but there's uh, an error in the production because they actually have to plug the 900 number. Mm -hmm. um, right. But we event... So, oh, and they have to plug the Great American Bash, which is the next pay-per-view coming up. That's and remember, kids get, kids get your parents' permission before voting on a contest of women showing off their most sexual <laughs> assets. Get their permission. So then we go to Tony and Eric, who hype up the match coming up with Ron Simmons, and they mention that he got the key to the city of Tampa, Florida that day. A Tallahassee. Uh, Tallahassee. Tallahassee, because that's his hometown. Right. Or not his hometown, and, that's where he went to, to Florida State. And Jesse has the greatest joke, which is, well, because JR asked him, well, when you were voted mayor of Brooklyn Park, which he was currently the mayor of Brooklyn Park while he was doing this show, um... Did they give you the key to the city? And he says, they gave me the key to the men's washroom. Which I <laughs> yeah. thought was a pretty great joke. <laughs> um, uh, so this is the tailor-made man versus Ron Simmons. Is a hundred percent tailor-made was checking out his package oh. while the ref was explaining the rules. <laughs> I... He did it for at least 10 seconds. He kept looking up, looking down, looking up, looking down. And I was like, dude, <laughs> seriously. Uh, well, Danny, you'll find this interesting because that tailor-made man, a.k.a. Terry Taylor, would go on to become the Red Rooster in WWF. There's a cock joke there somewhere. There he is. 
was... So, wait, at this time, though, he was Terrence Taylor, the tailor-made man, right? This was during that whole thing with the York Foundation, where all the uh, heels had full names. Uh, I don't even know if this was before the... Uh, I think this might have been before the York Foundation, oh, because okay. they were calling him Terry Taylor. The funny thing about that is, if you go back to the previous match, uh, the uh, Scotty's manager used to be tailor-made Medina, okay. who went on to become Tory. Real name Terry Pock, who was in WWE, who was the right. who was Sable Stalker. So right. when they said the Taylor made man, I'm going, who the hell is? Oh, it's just Terry Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this did not last. And your Terry referee Taylor, was man of a thousand bad gimmicks. Yeah, your referee was. It was Fonzie, right? Bill Alfonso. Fonzie, daddy. <laughs> I I wanted to give a shout out to the refs. I I don't remember ever being impressed before and maybe because i was young and i didn't really care um but they really like they're running around the ring they are rolling around they're narrowly getting avoid getting squished like mm -hmm. they work yeah. their butts off yeah <laughs> now since the, name of this, since the name of this podcast is we know it's fake um <laughs> danny do you realize that the referees are some of the main storytellers when it comes to these matches um, I do. I know that there was a lot, you know, when I used to, back in the day, I know that there was a lot of times that they were very integral in part of the story. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, and he still, they still were in this, but not as much. Well, Other than right. moving around and whatever, they didn't, they, they weren't really having screaming matches with the refs. They weren't fighting with them. They weren't calling them out really i think part of that is bill watts's emphasis on quote realism mm -hmm. to make it look like a real sport so you the, like i said earlier there's not a lot of like cheating in this show mm -hmm. there's not no. a lot of like bad you know underhanded tactics you know? i did write that taylor was a tattletale because he kept trying to get uh ron simons in trouble for hair pulling <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it opens up with him accusing Simmons of hair pulling. Yeah, like he was, and he was really like he's pulling my hair. He's pulling my hair. <laughs> now, now remember, Ron, all American Ron Simmons. Yeah, you okay. got to mention yes. All, yes. If, if you're going to be Jim Ross, you have to mention all American Ron Simmons every time yeah. you say Ron Simmons. Oh, yeah, no, but true. but actually, Danny, what I was talking about them being part of the story is, and and with this podcast being called. We know it's fake. The referees actually take moves from one wrestler to another, and they are the main source of communication between one wrestler and another as to what they want to do next. Oh. I so now that. you see what I was talking about there, because you will see the referee saying, how you doing, how you doing? And he's usually trying to cover up what a wrestler might be saying to him to be able to communicate to another person, especially when they've thrown somebody out on the floor right. or when they're trying to, uh, when the match is first starting. Uh, a lot of it is a lot more, I guess you could say, choreographed now where the wrestlers really get into it. But back then, it, a lot of it was called in the ring between the two wrestlers, but when the wrestlers were apart, the referee would take the whatever was going to happen next between the two, and the match was usually called by the, the heel or the bad guy, which in this case would be Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor is now one of the, the top coaches when it comes to new talent, uh, anywhere, uh, so he's he's a t when it comes to technical wrestling, Terry Taylor was pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. 
He was a guy that just never, like, if, if you were a smart mark, if you were a big fan of wrestling, you liked Terry Taylor. But he just never connected, like, he never became a big star. He didn't he have the charisma. He, he, he had he charisma to be a nice guy, charisma. but he didn't have yeah. a character. No. Like, the Red yeah. Rooster, he never fully committed. You know, he always seemed like, <laughs> he always seemed to think that the Red Rooster was kind of dumb, because it was. <laughs> um, yes. And yeah. so, so and oh, I want to I want to get back to uh, All American Ron Simmons for a yes. moment because All American Ron Simmons. I correct. know the cliche about Jim Ross is that he puts over, um, you know, the, the wrestlers' uh, college football backgrounds, right. but right. my God, he will not stop talking about Ron Simmons' yep. football. Background. Yeah, I checked out a little bit, and then the next thing I remember, I was like, "Well, that match was over fast." <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like I know, okay, like uh, okay, okay, like it's all he was saying. I was like, can't you say anything else? <laughs> and the match well, could have been actually... over very fast because one of Watts's rule is, rules is you can't throw anyone over the top rope, which and apparently is not the case when you throw him from the outside to the inside. Oh my god, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he. He got his ass the, handed to him. <laughs> the reason that match is over so fast is that uh, Ron Simmons would actually become the champion within, like, three or four months. Mm-hmm. And so they're, like, really building him as this unstoppable force. Allegedly, Bill Watts once said that if tall black men dominate every other sport, they should dominate wrestling as well. And that's where his decision to make Ron Simmons the champion came from. Wow. I don't know how much truth there is to that. I like Ron Simmons, um, all American Ron Simmons, his his speech at the end. It was it was nice. Yes, it really yes. was. <laughs> he talks about how it doesn't matter what race you are or what what uh, income level you're at. If you work yeah. hard, you can you can be anybody. <laughs> it really wasn't like those usual smack talk interviews afterwards. It was really nice. Yeah, <laughs> I I just have one word for his interview. Huh. Damn. Damn! <laughs> Ron Simmons would go on to become Farouk in the WWE, and that was his whole thing, was he had the catchphrase, damn. There would be an interview, he'd show up and go, damn. It damn. was pretty great. That's awesome. It was pretty great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um... By the way, okay. did we mention that Ron Simmons was an All-American football player? I just I wanted to know. get that out there. I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god! Even even Ventura gets into the act, talking about how, as a nose tackle, he must have cheated. It, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, then we get next up star of Gigolos, Marcus Bagwell. Yes, I am not kidding. Look it up. Yep. Oh my god. Versus, yep, that's what he's doing now. He is uh, a male escort. Well, um, he has the look for it, honestly. Yeah, no, he really does. Uh, I mean, know, he I would... wrote preppy next to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of years after this, he would become part of a tag team called the American Males and go by the name Buff Bagwell. So WCW saw it even back then. Um, yeah. Well, I before Max, before he met, he entered WCW because this was his, also his first WCW pay per view yeah. after being the handsome stranger in the Global Wrestling Federation. Who came out as a masked wrestler, and we're talking 
an actual mask like uh, like Zorro might wear. Oh my and, god! And he yeah. would hand roses to all the ladies at ringside. And the oh, handsome man. stranger was from parts unknown because he was so mysterious. Oh, and he man. would actually go on to have a major feud in Global with Scotty the Body. Because yes. those two guys were buds and they enjoyed working with each other. Well, you talked about the fact that he would go on to do uh, to do um, uh, gigolos. Uh, right. Buff Bagwell also co-starred with Julie Strain in one of the Andy Sedaris movies called, I think it was called Revenge of the Warrior, which he played the warrior. Not to be confused nice. with the ultimate warrior. <laughs> But if you ever want to see some really bad uh, movies with uh, lots of lots of guns and uh, other uh, particular parts that are fun to watch, uh, yes, any of the Andy Sedaris movies are, are are particularly bad and and great guilty pleasures. Oh, nice! Again, more facts that you had no idea you'd be getting. <laughs> And anyway, Marcus is going to be wrestling Greg the... Ha well, no, he's not Greg the Hammer Valentine. He's just Greg Valentine. No, they were calling uh, him the Hammer. No, oh, he was really? the Hammer. Okay. Yeah, he actually had it written on his ass. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I, I had to stop the video when he came out, when he walked out, because I was not prepared for the glory of this look. <laughs> the, my, my first thought was that the robe was, must weigh a ton. Like, yes, I, yeah. The second was I have noticed that, and again, this is just me. I have noticed that that blonde hair color only happens in wrestling. True, it's true. <laughs> and for some reason, he had a flock of For some reason, he had a flock of seagulls look going on. <laughs> but a long version because he kept flipping it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now picture this. Greg Valentine was going out with Missy Hyatt at the time. Really? Okay. Yeah. I can't. Kind of, um, I, I, I try not to picture it. Kind of a May-December thing? Yeah, no. Yeah, Yeah. yeah I, I wrote down, he does not look fit. Is he okay? <laughs> I, I wrote, is he okay? Because he went into the ring like he'd already been wrestling for several hours. <laughs> well, he, he broke Wahoo's leg earlier. Uh, like That's right. years yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, he was about he... 20 years into his career at this point. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, um, that's the story they're trying to tell with the match. Is like the young up-and-comer is, is taking on the veteran, but oof. Yeah, he didn't, he looked not well. Um, no. He took two drop kicks in a row. Yeah. And then gets out of the ring, and Jesse Ventura says, I don't blame him. Like, you need to get out of the ring and, like, recoup and get back in. <laughs> Uh, Jim Ross gives one of his best lines in the entire uh, in the entire uh, pay-per-view on this because he loves using the word situation yes. and this was a diverse situation with these two yes. guys wrestling I have that written down what? <laughs> but Sprayberry High School uh, with that he talked about Buff Bagwell is actually where I'm trying to remember if it's where, where Cody went to school or where Xavier Woods went to school, but one of the two went to school there. And uh, Sprayberry High School is in Marietta, Georgia, right down the street from the Big Chicken. Okay. Again, things that you didn't know you were going to get on this podcast. <laughs> 
Someday I'm going to be somewhere and I'm going to have a fountain of information. (laughs) Danny, Google the big chicken chicken Marietta and you will just absolutely die when you see what the big chicken is in Marietta. Oh, no. Oh, wait. In Georgia? Yeah. I think I've seen it. Nice. Nice. If you think it has something to do with the colonel, it does. Yeah, no, I think my sister, I was in Georgia in November, and I think my sister took me to see him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Max is going, where did I lose control of this podcast? I know, sorry, no, Max. Fine. Yes, I'm I good, did I'm see good. this. Yes, she did take me to see this. <laughs> Everybody Google the big chicken Marietta Georgia. Do it, do it. Uh, one of my notes for this match, my first fast forward of the night. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Who is the heel? Who is the face? And the old lady is really loving the stiff. Uh, the stuff. Yes. <laughs> uh, the figure four, and we are done, but God, did they yeah. hold hands long enough at the end there oh to determine whether or not he was going to give up? Yeah. Oh my god. A, a lovely, a lovely respite, a lovely romantic respite between future gigolo Buff Bagwell and Hooked up Greg Valentine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, I don't know. I was like, is he going to... I thought he was going to, like, pass out. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Then we get our only video package of the night. Highlighting the Cactus Jack and Sting feud, where we see the last time Cactus Jack was involved in a Falls Count Anywhere match with Van Hammer. Van Hammer. Yeah, and they highlight the, the Abdullah the Butcher run-in for some reason. Oh, okay. Is that the guy who hit him with the shovel? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, well, since, since we were talking about food earlier, Abdullah the Butcher, who when he who was involved in many great feuds, including uh, legendary feuds with Bruiser Brody, yeah. uh, both in Japan and Puerto Rico and in, in the United States, would go on to open Abdullah the Butcher's House of Chicken and Ribs in Atlanta, Georgia, which recently closed. I thought it was Chinese food and ribs. It it might be Chinese food and ribs. You might be be correct there. But uh, free fork with every meal. Uh, Insiders will get that one. (laughs) Um, Right. This is all setting up the match. Cactus Jack versus Sting. I love this match. Cactus that was Jack. my favorite match. Mick Foley is my all-time favorite wrestler. So yes, I this was my this favorite match. match. Yeah. My uh, first uh, note, will they ever get in the ring? And they don't. <laughs> no. And I didn't know, I didn't know either of these guys. Other, you know, like, I, I wrote that Sting looks like a scary 80s bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He's rocking the pink trunks in this one. Yeah, I love it. and that blonde hair color again. And yes. then he's from Venice Beach, so that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I I wrote, all I wrote was chair, exclamation point. <laughs> Started <laughs> oh. smacking each other with the chair. Yeah, the chair shot is brutal. I know. Um, and then he's um, like rubbing his face on the dent. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not know what makes Mick Foley do what he does. But the first time... Wait, that was Nick Foley? That's Mick Foley, No wonder why. I wrote down he looks familiar, but yeah. I didn't want to Google him. Yeah. Uh, ah. When Mick... When Mick... Mick uh, this was one of his first matches. Uh, he came from the Global Wrestling Federation, too. There right. were like four global guys in the first five matches. Um, but Mick... Uh, I saw Mick in Philadelphia 
working for the Tri-State Wrestling Federation, which was the predecessor of ECW. Sure. Um, and he was in a match with either Eddie Gilbert or Terry Funk, which was a bar, uh, I think it was Eddie Gilbert, which was a barbed wire rope match, meaning the ropes were replaced with barbed wire. And he flipped between the ropes and got himself caught like he was choking between the top and middle rope, except they were barbed wire. <laughs> and I, I uh, was invited back to the locker room afterwards, and I said, I said, Mick, you're, you're, you're crazy. You know this, right? He goes, yeah. By the way, this is my fiance. <laughs> it, was, it was his now wife, who was the most gorgeous woman I'd seen in years. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Footnote there, they met in my hometown of really? New York. Really? Mm-hmm. See, the things you didn't realize you'd learned on this podcast. Right. I think I that's going to be a recurring theme. I did not realize until halfway through this wonderful battle that this was not for a title. No. Right. They yeah. were just fighting. That was so weird to me. First of all, the champion comes out like fourth match in, third or fourth mm -hmm. match in, and it's not for the champion. And this is a pay-per-view. No. Yeah. You are correct. And they were like in the audience. Like, yeah. It was pretty awesome. I was a little disappointed by that. Again, there was a bait and switch. Falls count anywhere on the Gulf Coast. Gulf Coast. Yeah. Implied to me that they would, like, leave the arena at some point. But, they, could, um, they couldn't pay the camera guys to go outside of the arena. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, uh, by the way, I love the very long diatribe on the concrete floor because oh WCW, God, yeah. we're real wrestling. We're the we new thing. No pitfalls. No, no time limit. No count out. This is for a no title. Right. No kidding. <laughs> oh, God. No sense. Right. Um, it's a great match. Sting wins. Um, yes. And, and he came yeah, off the top is, rope. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. I forgot. Nope. That, that no was qualifications. Any, yes. <laughs> I also wrote that there was a lot of leg hits. Yeah. Like, they were, like, seriously going after, like, upper thighs. Hmm. I mean, I would if, if I yeah. was <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, but, like, it just seemed... I don't remember ever seeing a wrestling match where there were so many leg hits. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, when you have legs the size of Mick Foley's, I, I guess that's the most padding other than his bum. Yeah. Listen, I, I was like, man, you got to get him down because he is going to get back up and kill you. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was so... That's why he's my all-time favorite wrestler. He was just so play, great at playing that character. Yes. You know, He'd really like, appreciate you saying yeah. that, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, that was know. my favorite. I would say that was my favorite out of the whole thing. Ventura just refers to him as a hitman, you know, like... It's so... Yes. Good. Yeah. Well, he used to be named Cactus Jack Manson at one point. Right. I didn't know he uh, used to be Cactus Jack. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Danny, welcome to wrestling. <laughs> well, that's the point. Like, I didn't know. Well, you know him as, as Mankind, I guess. Yeah. Mankind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he or, appeared as Jack Foley as a, as a jobber or enhancement talent for WWF right. a long time ago. Can I just tell you the last time I saw Nick Foley on anything was Celebrity Wife Swap. <laughs> My okay. God. So, yep. <laughs> Well, Danny, since you signed up for the WWE Network for a month, if you're interested, 
They did produce a reality show that's just like 12 episodes of Mick helping his daughter become a WWE wrestler. That's awesome. I liked him. I thought he was a really nice guy. No, no, no. The reality show really works on that level because he is such a nice guy. Yeah. Mick may be Mick may be the nicest guy in professional wrestling. Genuinely. I mean, here's a guy who they used to give him like a hundred dollars to, to back in the nineties to get a hotel room and most of the guys would be staying at the Marriott's and he'd go down to the Ramada Inn and scroll the money away and that's how he saved up so much money. Yeah. He sense. doesn't spend money. <laughs> So he, now he has a nice house and it takes yep. care of his kids and you know, That's but cool. genuinely Mick was one of the nicest people in all of wrestling. Yeah. Um, this is Foley's baby boy. This is Foley's baby boy. Um, we then cut back to Tony and Eric, who are just going to sell the next match, I guess, which is the other best match on this show, the Rick Rude Ricky Steamboat Iron Man match. I loved this one. I was um, bored. I could see that. I I appreciate that wrestling for 30 minutes has got to mm-hmm. be, like, like really hard. You even, love 60-minute broadways, then. Yeah, I, I was looking at it. So I looked at it as, doesn't matter if it's fake or not. You're, they were still, like, exerting a lot of energy for 30 minutes. Sure. Like, yeah. And, I mean, good on them. I also think Recruit has a porno mustache. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and Jesse Ventura has some issues with Ricky Steamboat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He because compl- he's a family man. Yes. He complained that um, next thing you know, Dan Quayle's going to come out and give a speech. Oh, I love that. Like, that <laughs> dates it so much that there's, and like, then, Dan then, Quayle and Ice T jokes. Yeah, then the other announcer goes... That Rick Root is as popular as the rapper Ice T at a policeman ball. Yes. Yep. <laughs> now, what, that was what, relevant at the time. <laughs> I know, but I was like, wait, did he just say that? <laughs> what got to me at the start of this particular match is they introduce Ricky Steamboat and his family as the first family of wrestling. Yeah. Now, there are so many things that are wrong with this. First of all, we have a bikini contest, by the way. Did you, do you remember we have a bikini contest to have the first lady of wrestling? Right. The first lady of wrestling being the first family of wrestling? Second of all, Eddie Gilbert and Jimmy Hart, those were always, the, uh, that was the name of their factions all the time. Right. The first family. Yeah. The first family. So to see little the little dragon come out and then get get threatened by Rick Rude. By the way, I'd like all you fat, out of shape, beach loving bozos to have a seat. <laughs> but you know what? To be cre- to give him credit, he took off his robe and he was really ripped. Yes. Yeah. And that now, was his gimmick. I, I've always loved that gimmick that he had. You know, where it was because like. I love the heel who can actually back it up. He right. really did look that oh, good. Yeah. You know. He was he was a phenomenal worker and a phenomenal yeah. wrestler and and when you said that this was the best match on the night, it, it was Danny it was a very classic wrestling match which would go over beautifully in the 90s or or, or actually it's more 80s, almost yeah. a, an 80s style mid-Atlantic match. 
Um, yeah, it was, but, it was southern as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, but the thing about those two guys is, you know, they know their craft. They, the, the ring psychology that went on in that match, you know, Rude going up two to, two to nothing and then getting intentionally disqualified so he could do a move that would send Steamboat, uh, you know, there's no way he could continue. Oh, uh, yeah, well, okay, I'm up two to one and now I'm going to make it three to one. Right. Uh, so it, it was set up psychologically as the perfect uh, the perfect way to to tell a great story between those two because with the you know the the, the sexual deviant Rick Rude who is uh, you know all, all this against the, the family man yeah Ricky Steamboat with his lovely wife and his little dragon. Man, she grabbed that baby and ran off the stage. Mm-hmm. By the way, <laughs> I love Jesse's joke about like he's trying to pin uh, to put uh, Dragon as the bad guy. Yeah, and I keeps was like, saying, That's like, not what happened. Why was his kid in the ring? He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get Rick Rude Rick disqualified for attacking the kid. I was like, all right, calm down, Jesse. Also, at some point during the match, uh, oh, when they're exchanging pile drivers, or they're doing what. Um, JR says pile drive type move, and I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, there was <laughs> a situation. A pile situation. driver situation. Remember, it's concrete outside of the ring. Yes. Yes. Pin <laughs> predicament. Oh. And Rick Rude loses a fall for getting himself disqualified for jumping off the top rope. Yeah. <sighs> but that but that but that worked in the psychology of that because oh, remember yeah. Steamboat had the first eight minutes where he could not be touched, and then suddenly right. Rude was up to nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, like, the last minute, uh, <laughs> last minute is great where Rude's just throwing everything he can at him because yep. because Steamboat's up. That's, ah, oh, so good. Now, yeah. think of this and put yourself ahead to the main event and go, did anybody happen to talk about the fact that we were going to end two matches the exact same way? I know. Hmm. I know. Continue. We'll talk about the main event because I have thoughts. Hook him up. We then go back to Johnny B. Bad. Round two, the swimsuit competition of the bikini contest. Now yes. wait a minute. Um, Aren't swimsuits and, bikinis? And wait a minute. I would, Didn't we yeah. see bikinis? Yeah, Missy is wearing a blue bikini, but first we get Medusa dressed as a biker. Right. Which, which is perfect yeah. for Medusa. Yeah. I, I, you know, you have to appreciate the horrible joke of look at her two big blue uh, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Danny, I will, I will say, as an announcer, I was guilty of that because when uh, Jeannie, aka Lady Blossom, used to come out with stunning Steve Austin, uh, Jeannie would eventually become Steve's wife. But th- this is when Steve was first starting wrestling. Jeannie would come out in front of Steve Austin, and Jeannie uh, was very well endowed. And I would, every time, introduce them as, there they are, the world's most dangerous pair, Jeannie and stunning Steve Austin. Uh, <laughs> I thought their bathing suits were meh. This, this is actually reminding me of, I, was, I actually thought of this when, while watching it, I was just like, I am so happy that Jerry Lawler was not announcing this thing. Puppies! Uh, yeah, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so the bathing suits, you, you were not high on? Nah, nah I no. wanted something better from Medusa, honestly. Yeah. A little more skin. 
no, I felt like it. I wanted it to be a little more badass. Yeah. Okay. I don't even I care about like that. the skin. I just wanted it to be a little more badass. Um, she was covering her badass a lot of the time. I know. I know. And I was. I'm listen. I'm totally fine with that. But I just felt like I don't know. I kind of wanted her to like. I I liked the the bitch face that she gave in yeah. the first one. I like how she was a little snotty to Johnny B. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought, I don't know. I thought she was going to come out with like a chainsaw. I have no idea. I, I don't know who this woman was, so I actually <laughs> kept waiting for a Medusa thing. Like, right. Right. Like, that you know, because then she came out with sunglasses. into Last God Standing. Yes. Right. But she came out with sunglasses on, and I'm like, oh. Like, first she came out with the veil, and I was like, oh, is she like, is that her thing? Like, she doesn't look at guys. Like, they're like, they'll turn to stone. Ha ha ha. Um, but no, it didn't happen. So no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I think the original name because she her her real name is Deborah Michelli, but her oh. original name was Medusa Michelli, which uh -huh. makes perfect I, sense. But of course, in wrestling, you can only have one name. Yeah. Right. Listen, I loved her name. I was all down. For, like I was all down for. I think she has amazing arms. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I was a little underwhelmed with the, the bathing suit. Oh, I know, I know. I, I mean, I, I'm not what, the judge, what was, so what was Missy wearing at this point? It was like a Missy big... was wearing the the blue, the blue bikini twins. Oh no, the yeah. yes, the, 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 yeah, <laughs> yes. So then we cut to the ring where Ole Anderson is standing, and it looks like he wants to be anywhere else. Um, <laughs> Ole was never happy being no. anywhere. Um, and he's going to be refereeing a match featuring his kayfabe brother, Arn. Yeah, another, he looked really bored. Yeah. <laughs> another bit and switch because they bring it up and then just completely forget that they're brothers and he's still an impartial referee. Um, right. Yeah. Arn is teaming with beautiful Bobby Eaton and stunning Steve Austin. Yeah. Uh, and they are managed by Paulie Dangerously. Yeah. Um, I, that guy. <laughs> he looks like you're going to be doing coke in the back of a nightclub with him. <laughs> okay, yes. Danny, just give us your Paulie uh, Pauly thoughts. Okay. So for a hot second, I thought he was. Uh, I think one of the Belushi's. Um, yep. Yeah, and then I was like, "What with that cell phone? Like, were they? I don't remember them being that big." It wasn't a cell phone. What was it? It was a it was a landline wireless phone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. He acted like it was a cell phone. Yeah. Right. He used it as a weapon. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. And then runs away. That, that was his gimmick. Yep. And now, there. now you may not know this, but if you've watched it, uh, and if it's one of those things where that guy looks familiar, Paulie is now. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, That's and really I am the advocate for the reigning, defending, undisputed Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar. That's a really good poll. Thank you. <laughs> I am uh, glad you like that good sir. <laughs> He's take, that team is taking on Nikita Koloff, Dustin Rhodes, and Barry Windham 
And what a waste of talent. It's like yeah, six I have a question talented. about Dustin Rhodes. I, it's, where do I know him from? Uh, uh, you know his father, Dusty? Okay. And you would know him because you, you would never forget know... the name Goldust. Oh. He eventually became Goldust, yes. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, like in WCW, because Dusty was writing, uh, was, was booking their show, like they just built him up as he's the all-American boy, Dustin, Dusty Rhodes' son, Dustin, you know. He's the son, of, he's the son of a son of a plumber, he will, yeah. you understand in public. With that his it. incredibly Texas jackets. Yes. <laughs> and the, the, the boots that look like cowboy boots. Yeah. <laughs> he's a natural. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, what a waste of great talent this match is. It is just a schmoz after schmoz after schmoz. Yeah, I, I couldn't keep up with everyone. I felt like everyone was just flying everywhere. Um... At one point, I thought they said the match was over, but they were still beating on each other. Um, it was because they were disqualified for coming off the top rope. Um, the whole match is designed to sell Bill Watts' stupid rules. <laughs> <laughs> the senior official, Ole Anderson, who was never an official before, and I don't think ever officiated ever again. And they did mention the brother relationship again at the end. But they never use it. Like, you know, no. again, it's wrestling. You think, okay, they're setting it up so that he'll be partial Wait, to the where's my soap opera? Where's my soap opera? Yeah, Max, exactly. Max, actually, I think he was... Uh, Arn was always built as a cousin to oh. Gene and Oli, who were the actual brothers. Oh, okay. I thought and then there was another brother. cousin named Lars, who was the black right. sheep that they got rid of. But that was probably before you were even born. <laughs> By the way, this this uh, pay per view aired two days after my sixteenth birthday. Ooh. Oh, your sixteenth yeah. birthday? Yep, yep. Oh my god, I was twenty years old. Okay, <laughs> I had to do the math. <laughs> and they keep selling the bikini contest throughout this match. They put up like the graphic on the lower third where they show that like Medusa's up fifty one percent to forty nine percent. Jesse Ventura just keeps bitching that he's not judging it. Or yeah. emceeing it. <laughs> so much. <sighs> Let's talk toxic masculinity. <laughs> I also thought Jesse Ventura looked like every meathead I knew in California at that time. Oh, sh- yes. <laughs> Even though he's from, I think, Minnesota. I yeah. was like, he looks like every meathead I knew in California. Like. Yeah. I was like, that was the ultimate look right there. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the scarf on the head. The oh, my God. Sleeveless T-shirt. Yes. The sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And Paulie looks like a lot of guys I knew in college because I'm from New York. <laughs> so. Um. The one time I got to work for Paulie was just a hell of an experience. I got to be a ring announcer for... A show in an ECW show, show in Fort Lauderdale. How nice! And um, I I didn't have any coat and tie. I just happened to be in Fort Lauderdale, and they needed a ring announcer. So I was wearing like this flowered golf shirt. And so I got in the ring to welcome everybody, and realized not a good idea. So I just stayed yeah. at the side of the ring. And Joel Gertner comes out and says. Well, well, well. If it isn't Andrew Kananen, <laughs> who, if you remember, was uh, 
the apparently the very strange murderer of Versace or something like oh, that. God. Oh no! <laughs> and I went, oh, thanks, Joel. <laughs> Joel's actually one of my new Facebook friends, so maybe we might have nice. to bring Joel the Stud Muffin Gertner on here. Oh, that would be fun. I'd love to talk to him. Um, so I yeah, like I said, uh, the faces go over because uh, Arn jumps off the top rope. It's it's fine, I guess. This match. It's fine. It's fine. It's filler between two bikini contests. Yeah. Let's just face it. Well, nope. First, we get Eric Bischoff, Easy E, interviewing Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> God, Ooh. yes. Was uh, Ricky reading cue cards? I think so. Okay. Ricky was not a good talker. No. Um, and then the next thing I knew, I wrote, why is Tactics Jack involved? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, well, first, before Cactus Jack gets involved, Paulie interrupts and says that Ricky will never get another title shot. And oh, right. that turned out to be true. Um, really? Yeah, they took him out of the U.S. title picture for whatever reason. Oh, see, uh, I thought that whole thing was setting him up to be like the golden boy yeah you'd think so but it never happened wow. that was actually that was actually way after his prime his prime yeah. was when he was uh oh. actually it was well let me rephrase that his prime was in mid-atlantic wrestling and then he had that kind of lull and then his real prime came when he would go up against uh flair Right, in, which was in only the trilogy, a year prior. In the great trilogy. Um, yeah. Um, I misspoke. But yes, uh, Cactus <laughs> Cactus does interrupt this promo and just starts beating up on Ricky Steamboat, which I guess that feud was set up. Um, and then we get back to the bikini contest. Okay. Which, oh, is it me? Yeah. I fell asleep there. No, I didn't. I stayed awake for this. <laughs> let me let me consult my notes on all of the fuckery that happened. <laughs> a bikini so, with chaps. It's so overbooked. Like there's a whole <laughs> thing with I Jesse did. comes up to the ramp and then they stole Missy's bikini and it was that she had mailed to her in an envelope. Uh, yes, yeah, like, like not even a And I envelope. looked away like, for I, a second. I looked away for a second and when I looked back, Jesse Ventura was missing his durag. I didn't yes. know what had happened. <laughs> Missy apparently steals it and turns it into her bikini. It's really weird. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, the uh, Medusa. Listen, I'll give her credit for wearing chaps with the bikini. Like, I would have chaps never. Chaps bikini. Love it. Thought she that. made it work. She did. She made it work. She looked amazing. Yeah. Um, And then Jesse has to go after Johnny Be Good again, or Johnny Be Bad. <laughs> About his sexuality. Yeah, he says it again. Do you even like girls? Right. Uh, and yeah. at that moment, I was like, you know, the guy who's playing Johnny has a really cute dimple. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then in the end, doesn't he end up with Medusa? Jesse does. Oh, no. Right. Jess, but Johnny yeah. Be Good went in there and took her bikini right. top. Yeah. But well, she's, like the Missy whole comes out wearing. So weird. And that was before Johnny B. Bad declared Missy as the winner after, uh, or no, it was Jesse declared Missy the winner, Johnny B. Bad declared Medusa the winner, 
And it wouldn't be until the end of the show, just before it said copyright 1992, that we would find out that the results won't be on until right. 6.05 on Saturday right. on Superstation TBS. But, like, Medusa fights with Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then Missy comes out in that god-awful outfit, which was supposedly made from Jesse Ventura, which is, that's disgusting. Yeah. Jesse Ventura's sweaty <laughs> head thing. <laughs> that's just unsanitary. I, and like, I think there's supposed to be a visual gag about the fact that Jesse is actually bald. You but know? he had that weird hairpiece in the yeah. back. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> no one else did. Yeah, it, no. <laughs> Bill Watts must have really loved this idea, though. Or, actually, I can see this being like an early uh, Eric Bischoff thing. Oh. <laughs> you know? um, we then get back to Speaking of, Eazy-E and Tony Schiavone are talking about how Cactus Jack and Ricky Steamboat are going to be fighting at the Great American Bash. Right. Which, again, made me think that they were setting up Ricky to be right. the, the golden champion. boy. Yeah. And... Then we and get into the Steiners. Was... Right, we get the Steiners in a moment, but wasn't there also a thing... JR and, and Jesse are... Oh, Sting versus Vader. They're pushing that, too. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes. Then we get Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Gordy versus the Steiner Brothers for the Tag Team Championships. And, again, strange way to end the show, the Tag Team Championships. And we'll yeah, get to I... what made made it an even stranger way to end the show. <laughs> I have a question. How come one of the Steiners was the only one I saw ever wearing headgear? <laughs> that was his gimmick. The, their gimmick oh, was, was a gimmick? that they I were thought, like... all-American wrestlers from Michigan. Like, for, you know. Yeah. Here's where my notes, this is this is what happened. And, <laughs> and this is, I do this because I love Max, and I was honored to be asked to be oh, part of this. thank you, Danny. Aww. But I wrote, I wrote, I'm burned out. All I see are mullets. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of mullets on this show. In the actual match, Ricky takes the heat for about nine days. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then his brother Scott is barely in that match. Well, first of all, the reason this was the main event, Doc and Gordy. Doc was Bill Watts's golden child. Okay. Doc was Jim Ross's golden child. Right. Uh, Steve Williams was a, a legit All-American. Oh, by the way, did you know he was an All-American? Uh, legit All-American <laughs> wrestler from Oklahoma who also played for the Sooner football team. Right. Um, which is obviously why JR loves him so much. Um, but... Well, I know he Doc, and Terry Gordy were a big deal in Japan around They were huge in Japan. Yeah. And they oh, right. Were they like, said uh, that. They, they were like the most badass tag team in, in the days when Stan the Lariat Hansen used to run rough shot over Japan. Uh, and, and Doc and Gordy were considered the tag team version of Stan Hansen. And okay. when Watts brought them back to the States... 
I don't know why, but they were two of the most talented folks who could never get over as that particular tag team. Meanwhile, the Steiners were a tag team that I would legit pay money to go see in their heyday because they were such amazing workers. Yeah, I this mean, was the pre-steroids years for the Steiners. Yes. Yeah. And, and some of the things Scotty would do would be so totally amazing until the end of this match, which I'll talk to when we get to the end of the match. So wait, which one was Scotty? The one in headgear. Okay. No, Scott, right. no, Rick is no, the one no, in Rick, Rick is the one in okay. You're right. I was wrong. All right. Because yeah. he was getting his ass handed to him. Yeah. Like I said, like, about nine days of Rick taking Yeah, it felt it's, like nine days. I was, I was yeah. like, oh, this poor guy. <laughs> let's, let's do Danny a favor and say, Danny, Google Scott Steiner now. And you'll go, wait a minute. How is his ass getting handed to him for yeah. five days? <laughs> when you see him now, you're going to go, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, genetic so freak. The genetic freak. Big Papa Pump. Holy um, shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, his, his biceps have biceps. Oh um, my god, he also is wearing... He, he's wearing... Yes? He's wearing... Like, what do you call it? Like, that's it. Thank yep. you. I, I'm so stunned that I can't I thought the Renaissance it. Fair person would know that. <laughs> I know. I was so stunned, it knocked my knowledge of Ren Faircraft out of my brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah. That, that is Scott Steiner now. Um, mm. But this was the beginning of their career before the steroids. Um, I mean, it's... It's a good match. It's like, it. I get it, Danny. It's, you know, at the end of a long wrestling show that you don't typically watch wrestling. I get um, that you're completely burned out by this point, but I think it's fine. Um, I liked the end. I liked the last, like, four minutes of it. Right. Mm-hmm. It goes I, Broadway. Which yes. It, which was why I liked it. You know, they they wrestled to the time limit draw, which I guess is to protect Doctor Death, but keep yeah. the belts on uh, keep the belts on the Steiners. But let's talk about the last nine seconds of the match. Okay. So you can hear Tony Gillum counting down from ten. Yes. Yep. At nine, Scott Steiner tries to pin and gets a two count. Right. While Gillum is counting down to four, Scott Steiner signals, I'm going to do my big finish. Realizing that you need at least three to do a pinfall. (laughs) (laughs) And he's still going to signal for that big finish. And then Pee Wee Anderson leaps over both wrestlers, goes as high as he possibly can to be able to at least give him a one count before. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like... Good for Pee Wee. Now, Rick Steiner was was given the reputation of being the not-so-smart one of the two. When in actuality, Steiner earned a degree in education from Michigan. Right. We've come to understand that Scotty may not be the brightest of the bunch, but this <laughs> one made him look like he was just a freaking idiot. Hey, if you take 80% of that 20%, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't. Google I didn't Scott, look at Scott his, Steiner math. 
I didn't look at it that way. I This is what I saw. I saw poor Rick getting the snot beat out of him. Finally tags his brother. His brother comes in there like a berserker and just like <laughs> goes after everybody. And I was like, all right, I'm in it now. <laughs> and for those of you listening at home, a John Nord reference comes in about two hours into the... <laughs> nice. Huss, huss, hush, hush. <laughs> But um, Danny's going, what are they talking about? That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, Dr. Jeff and Terry, Terry Gordy, I, they, they were fine. They were there. I, You know, Craig, you're absolutely right. Dr. Jeff has never done it for me, you know? Well, I Brawl mean, for All killed him, first of all. Oh, sure. Um, oh, that's, but that's a story for another day. That is a story. <laughs> Talking to Jim Cornette all of a sudden. No, <laughs> I agree. Brawl for all killed him. Uh, you know, Max, I almost like you, but it takes you an hour and a half to watch 60 Minutes. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, and that's it. Oh, we then go to Eric and Tony yet again, pushing the Great well, American Bash. Yeah, but remember, we had two non-finishes to finish the show. Yes. The Bikini Contest. Yeah. And the, actually, and the main event, going to a actually, time limit draw. That is three. not how you end a pay-per-view. Three, because the uh, the match before uh, the bikini contest ends in a DQ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I have three. a question. How much How much were people paying for for the this? Was it like forty bucks? Thirty nine ninety five. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it they did a decent least... buy rate though. It was like a point oh three, which for a 1992 WCW show is not bad. No. Um, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I remember looking it up and going, huh, I was actually a little surprised. But as Um, we talked about before the show, Max, it led to the wonderful legacy of this show being continued the very next year with a commercial that featured what, Max? Cheatham, the one-eyed little person. (laughs) No. Stop. Why I didn't I watch that? I will send you that. I will send you that. Um, oh my God. Um, uh-huh. I didn't think anything would top Johnny like, B. Bad, but you know. <laughs> all in all, though, like the show is. Uh, I Look, I love Cactus Jack and Sting. I think that's a great match. Um. And I think the Iron Man is great, too. So I'd give this a thumbs up, all in all. Um, you know, the well, last ste- three, as we said, were not yeah. great. but Stealing from one of my favorite shows. What did we learn on the show tonight, Craig? <laughs> Danny, what did you learn about wrestling in this nice. wonderful edition of Beach Blast 92? I learned... That I like the soap opera aspects. Nice. I learned that that yellow hair color is only um, viable in wrestling. <laughs> and I learned that uh, Mankind was Cactus Jack. I had no idea. All right. I, all in all, I enjoyed it. I, I haven't watched a wrestling thing in so long that when I first turned it on, there was the nostalgia. Sure, um, sure. And I did find myself going, oh, oh, ah, like when things were happening. But there was other times where I was just like, what is what is going on? (laughs) Baby boy, appreciate your patronage. (laughs) But I and I loved the audience. 
there was so many <laughs> but, there was so many people in that audience that were so 90s <laughs> yes again that old lady that that is she so, was the best oh uh, that is so southern wrestling you know yes <laughs> and i want to know you who know got that her like, her that's husband. her seat she's yes. there every week you know, I want, she does, I, she's not a listener of the show. We know it's fake. I want to believe that she brings them like snacks. Yes, <laughs> she, yes. only to the good yes. guys. Yes. She brings yes. snacks to the good guys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So, Denny, before we go, can you please put over where we can find you? Uh, we are at... Oh, man, you're going to make me use my brain. Like, didn't I just watch three hours of wrestling? <laughs> um. I really appreciate that, like, by the way, a little behind the scenes for everybody. Um, we were actually set for our very first episode to go with a different guest. He had family emergency. He had to drop out at the last minute. So I texted Danny and I was like, can you please watch a wrestling show and then come talk about it with me for an hour? <laughs> and she actually, he it, said, so. "Would you like to be on my podcast?" And I said, yeah. "Yes, but I should probably ask what it's about." <laughs> yeah. um. So we are at lastgodstanding.podbean.com. We're also on Apple iTunes. Um, we we just it's we just rate the gods. We make we talk really the name the name of the show should be called Zeus is an asshole. <laughs> I thought but Zach yes. Morris was a tra no Zach Morris is trash. That's all. yeah. It's and this one is that. Zeus is an asshole. But yeah, you can find us there, and we will definitely be giving a shout out uh, for your. We know it's fake. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we love yeah, that. No, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I've listened to the show. I just uh, I just started actually the one uh, that you just put out with Athena. It's really oh fun. So, yeah, yeah, that's. Um, I like to, I like to, I feel bad. Poor Teresa. Like I get into the, like, it's feminist and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I just want to have fun. <laughs> and there's no truth to the rumor that last God standing, the pay-per-view right. will be coming out. <laughs> no, okay, no, this, can... this, this, uh, virus actually killed our live show. Aww. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. But, no. It's happened to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, and, yeah, we had right. a whole plan, but we'll we'll figure it out. But yeah, we will definitely talk about this. I will for sure talk about this because I love to awesome. talk about stuff that's and not we, God related. And you are absolutely we, delightful. If I could use my best Paul Heyman and tell you, ma'am, <laughs> that you were certainly a delightful guest on this podcast. Well, I really appreciate being invited, and it was a lot of fun. Thank you. And you can find We Know It's Fake at We Know It's Fake 1 on Twitter. Um, and we are also uh, We Know It's Fake at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, uh, I think that's all the contact info we have right now. This is I've gone episode, into hiding, so, so you don't need to find me. Okay. Um, if uh, if people like it, uh, just please reach out. Uh, I think we're going to set up a Patreon soon. And oh. good night. Night. So long, farewell, of you to say adieu. Hey, I can't afford to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, really. No, no, no singing. Are we still recording? Yes. We are still recording. I'm going to stop it now.